Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, hello, hello. What is going on? I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are the Locked On Network, and we are growing like crazy. I urge you to check it out. Started with NBA, and now we are starting to dominate the NFL spectrum. And led by this one, the Locked On NFL Podcast. You and I chat every day. Belly up to my bar here. Let's talk about tonight's game. The Red Hot, I mean, the first time, last time they lost was week one. Dallas Cowboys traveled to Minnesota. And I just read an article, actually. Check out my Twitter timeline, at Williamson NFL, about what did we do. We did past, present, future of the Sam Bradford experience. He's been there three months only. He's only been there three months. Three months of what he is was from the beginning and might be going forward in terms of, you know, his, his time with the, with the Vikings. You know, is he the long-term answer, etc. It was worth the trade. So, the key matchup here, obviously, and it pretty much always is when Dallas plays, is their front, their running game, Ezekiel Elliott, versus a very, very good Viking defense. This Viking defense has been on the field a little too much. It's maybe not quite as effective as it was the first month or two of the season. But it wouldn't shock me, much like the Baltimore game for Dallas, that the sledding's tough for, for Elliott. You know, that it, it's not he's not going to be gashing them left and right. I don't see that at all. But I also don't think that Minnesota is going to put enough points that Dallas will ever have to get away from their running game. So all you Ezekiel Elliott fantasy owners, I think you're going to be cringing at the TV for the first half or so. And then by the fourth quarter, I think he starts busting off some runs. And, you know, I would say that Minnesota's front should be able to do a heck of a job. And maybe can rush the passer well enough that they can create a turnover or two. I mean, like we always talk about with the Vikings, it it almost, it's unbelievable, but it seems like they have to score on defense or special teams to win. And maybe Cordero Patterson breaks a kickoff return, or uh, Prescott gets confused by a coverage, or is under pressure. It hasn't really been the case for Prescott, but we can't forget that he's a rookie. So, those are big keys on that side of the ball. The other thing to watch is Des Bryant's playing really well, but I think he'll get a lot of Xavier Rhodes tonight. And Rhodes is playing really well too, and that's the type of receiver that Rhodes, a bigger-bodied corner, stacks up quite well against. So I would think this is a heavy Witten Beasley. Let's not be too aggressive on offense because we know Minnesota's not going to run away and hide on the other side of the ball. Uh, Dak, we love you, but let's reel you in a little. You know, let's let's not take a lot of risks downfield to Dez and let, let's dump it to Witten in the middle of the field and tight ends have done some good things against the Vikings. Cole Beasley will probably get a matchup he likes as well. 
I'm not saying Dez is never going to be a factor, but I don't know that he'll be featured. I don't know that it's a Dez game. So I don't see a lot of points coming from Dallas, and I think they will play a conservative approach on the road, short week, good defense. Um, Part of me thinks, you know, this team's due to stumble and lose, you know, and again, they're on the road on a Thursday night. Is this the case? I thought Baltimore might be the case. I thought Washington maybe would be the case for them. Um, so where are they on that? I, 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 I'm not going to pick against them though. I mean, I I just don't think the Vikings are the team to do it. When the Vikings have the ball, I would expect basically as usual, zero running game, zero running game. Um, a lot of very short passing, almost, uh, painfully short. I mean, like we saw last time on Thursday or, or, you know, Thanksgiving, painfully short passing game. Although you would think that maybe you take a few more shots in this game than you have because Dallas doesn't rush the passer very well. I mean, they don't have a Ezekiel Ansah, you know, let alone a Von Miller, Khalil Mack type guy that maybe you can trust your line to go downfield more than you have. So that's something to keep an eye on. Maybe Treadwell, or not Treadwell, I'm sorry, Patterson, on a go pattern or something along those lines, and you take two or three more shots than you would have. Sounds like Diggs is going to play. I think that's huge for them, and I expect him to be a target monster, assuming assuming health. You know, I mean, as long as he's not hobbling around out there and doesn't look like he belongs or, you know, leaves in the first quarter. Off and out of the slot, I would think he's going to get a lot of targets, and I like his matchups as well. Rudolph in the middle of the field probably will do a couple decent things. But this Vikings offense, it's not high-powered. I mean, that's the understatement of the century. Um, And if they're going to win this game, I feel like they're going to have to get a score from somewhere else. Or Dak's going to have to have a rookie moment and not look look himself. Um, I also think that Dallas is... You know, they're not real complex in terms of their coverages. I would think that they'll be pretty content letting Bradford throw these three-yard passes, come up tackle, you know, get into third and three, third and two situations, and, you know, see if you can sustain drives, long drives, you know, like that. And and one thing we have seen lately, though, is late in games, um, a couple disguise coverages where your teams are you're scheming things up uh, with lurk defenders and things like that in the, the short zones that Bradford might throw one away like he did uh, in Detroit. So that could happen. You know, Marinelli's obviously more than smart enough to come up with those type of things. Progressive brings you Flowetry with flow. When flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Pause there to uh, my phone, my, my, my app, The Score. I also write for them, as you probably know. It really, Their app is awesome. It's like the most up-to-date, boom, right right in your face. But anyways, it gave me a little flash. It sounds like uh, my buckos are going to trade Andrew McCutcheon to the Nationals. I'm fine with that. Whatever. 
Let's let's talk, let's get back to talking football. And it is Twitter Thursday, right? So I've got a handful of good ones here picked out. My man Papa Clark, Jeremy Clark. Would the Vikings look different with Teddy instead of Bradford, given the O-line running back issues? And again, check out the article I wrote about the, the Vikings, and it does mention Bridgewater a fair amount. Would they look different? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with Norv Turner no longer being there. I feel like the offense is handcuffed because of the O-line running game issues, no matter who the quarterback is, that, I mean, if it was Aaron Rodgers back there, and he's a good example, we're seeing this from them too, that it has to be a short passing game because they're about the worst team in the league in terms of protection. I think Bradford's a much better deep intermediate passer of the football than Teddy, but that doesn't come into play as much now. I, I think Teddy would do it. I think Bradford's a better player. I really do. And, I, and if I'm the Vikings, he's my starter going forward. Um, hopefully Bridgewater even recovers to the point where it's a, a conversation or you can entertain offers for him or you have a great backup or whatever. But I would think this offense would fit Bridgewater that we're seeing now really well. I mean, he's a very accurate, hit-you-in-stride, short, intermediate thrower, gets it out pretty quick. I certainly would buy time better when under pressure than Bradford. Um, less of a deep passer. So I'm not avoiding your question, but um, I kind of feel like this is just how they have to play offense. Uh, another question here, and I cut and pasted all you guys' uh, questions, and for some reason the names didn't go to my Word document like they usually do. I don't know what happened there. So I apologize. I hope you're all listening anyways. You know who you are. I would have liked to call out your names and said who actually are asking these questions. That's my error. Why is Mack, Khalil Mack, I assume, never mentioned in the top defensive players like Watt or Miller? I mention him in the top top players all the time. I mean, I think he was my defensive you know, uh, MVP kit you know, to pick before the season. Um, his teams haven't been in the playoffs. They haven't won as many games. Obviously, that's changing quickly. Von Miller was a monster in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think the, quote, average fan, um, sometimes it takes a performance like that before you really become a household name. JJ's been a household name for a long time. You know, you see these two on commercials. Does Khalil Mack do any commercials? But I think anyone in the know thinks that Mack is easily a top five defensive player and maybe number one. I mean, like, that, that's not total crazy talk. So, um, so, so not not saying that's a bad question. I just think that people know how good Mac is. And more and more will as we go forward. Next one. If you were the GM of an NFL team with a 32-man startup. And actually, I find this one. AJC Dynasty. And he's uh, been following me with my, the Dynasty stuff I do, too. Um, he asked if you're in a, if you're the GM of a real NFL team, a 32 team startup draft, would you build your, how would you build your team? Young, what areas to target? It's kind of like what the Browns are doing. Um, of course I would go young. Of course I would go quarterback very, very early you know, and probably in the first round. But I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it depends. I haven't given this a lot of thought. He asked us like five minutes ago. Um, 
you know, if you're picking 32, I'm not taking Mike Glennon in the first round if Khalil Mack's sitting there. Um, so I think it depends a lot, I guess, in your draft slot, if it really was a 32-team draft. You know, if I'm picking in the top five, I'm taking Luck or Wilson or Carr or someone like that. Uh, if I'm picking 10 to 12, uh, I, I wouldn't have that big a problem taking an older quarterback, a Rivers, someone along those lines, certainly Rodgers, that you think has three, four, five more years, Ben, um, to be great now and, and maybe protect him a little bit better you know, through the rest of your draft. Um, but just knowing my philosophy... The positions I would take last are running back, guard, certainly linebacker. Um, probably would pick one receiver high and then wait a while and take a handful others. It's not an easy question because, I mean, if you're really having a draft, it, it would have to depend how things fall. Um, I don't know that you could afford to do it, but it would be a fantastic luxury to have a Big-time investment in your offensive line like Dallas and Oakland. And you and I talk about that a lot. You know, I mean, that's a... It, it, it's almost like having a great quarterback. That I, I think that you can mask an average quarterback. You can make them look better. You can be good in all weather. Having a great offensive line would be absolutely huge. I absolutely need a pass rusher. I mean, I, I would think my first or second round pick would be some sort of pass rusher. And when in doubt, and if I all through the draft, if I'm in round 7, 8, 12, whatever, um, when in doubt, I would take a defensive lineman. You know, I want waves of defensive line. I want Alabama's defensive line. And as you get further away from the ball, I'd probably put less emphasis on things. Yes, it'd be great to have Patrick Peterson. It'd be great to have um, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas. And that would be tre tremendous. But my hunch is where they would go in such a draft that probably end up on someone else's team. And I would hopefully have two Pro Bowl-type defensive linemen and a handful of Daniel Hunters. You know, watch him tonight. He's a good player. People like that in the 5th, 6th, 7th round that are highly athletic nightmares. Um, so I guess that's my philosophy, more or less. Which team is most likely to clean house this offseason? Well, I think Jacksonville is the one you look at and say, you know, the coach is getting fired. But I don't think they clean house. Like, I don't, they're so young. That roster is staying. So when you say clean house, the team that really stands out to me is the Jets. And I'm not even saying Bulls will or should be fired. I don't think it matters. But I think it's time to say our quarterback situation is so bad. Our best players, for the most part, outside their defensive line, which I still think is really, really good, are old and expensive. That we got to get rid of Revis, Harris, and I'm probably even missing a couple. Mangold, Fitz, maybe Forte, Marshall. Turn If you could turn a couple of those guys into draft picks or release them and... Uh, use that cap space for guys coming off their first contract that are upside free agents and try to acquire as many picks as you possibly can in a Browns-like fashion, even if that means letting your own go and waiting a year and getting the extra comp pick for it. 
Um, I would have to look at their exact list of free agents, but they have, like I mentioned, six, seven, eight old, expensive guys. And I don't, even if they added Tony Romo, and I wouldn't want to be there if I were Romo, that they're not a contender to me. I mean, I think it's time to say, well, we did okay. This is a bad year. But if we keep up this strategy and we keep paying the Revises of the world, we're going to live in the bottom of, the, of this league. And now's the time to get out. You know, throw your cards in, start over, youth. All right, all right. Coming back, and Tom Marshall asked me, will a team be tempted to offer Revis another year, 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 if, year, if he... Which I think he will be, going back to our last conversation. I'm a big Revis supporter. I mean, I think he's an easy Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the best corners that's ever lived. As you know, I helped during the recruiting process of getting him to Pitt. I watched all his Aliquippa tape. Watched him play hoops. He was the best hooper in Pittsburgh coming out of, in high school. Um, very much root for him. One thing about Revis. First off, he's playing horrible football this year. And I wonder if he's done. He's athletic, but he's never been an A-plus athlete in terms of great corners. Not Dion. You know, his mind has been his best asset. He's a technician. He's very, very smart. Knows his opponent. Knows the game. And he always has. But at some point, your body starts to fail you and all, your mind isn't good enough, especially at that position. It's not like you can be Peyton Manning in the pocket. you still got to run with fast, young dudes. You know, athleticism at the corner position is crazy. Which brings me back to a side note of tonight. You know, we had that conversation a month or so ago about Terrence Newman. He's like my age. Actually, not my age, but he's 38. And he's still playing. I mean, that guy was a freak coming out of college, if you don't remember. But it just shows how incredible that is. But back to the Rivas situation. Maybe more than any player that I can remember, has he maximized his earning power? You know, the deal he signed with Tampa and moving from between the Jets and Patriots and Bucks throughout his career, he has got a lot of huge paydays. Well, I think that day is done. You know, that even if some team were tempted, maybe my hometown Steelers said, Darrell, come home for your last season, uh, coach up our young defensive backs, we'll give you a million bucks, or, you know, two million, something like that. I don't know that that's his style. I mean, that I don't know that he's playing for league minimum or you know, a smaller contract. And that's not because, I mean, I, I don't know him well. We weren't at pits together. I, you know, I, I maybe he would. I'm not saying that he's a money hog and I would do exactly what he did. I mean, maximizing, maximizing your earning power in this game is very difficult to do. And I'm all for it from any player. So don't think that as a negative. But I just, he hasn't shown any desire to take less to go to any team. And you would have to think he's going to have to do that you know, going forward, no matter what, considering the tape that he's put out there. Um, and then the obvious choice is, well, what if he goes to safety? That's a real old dog new trick move. And he's he's not a much of a hitter, but he's not bashful. Maybe. I mean, he's always been a man-covered corner. And you just got to think how different your eyes are. You know, if you're a man-coverage guy, and of course he's played zone, you know, a lot in Tampa, actually. But your eyes are on your opponent. You know, you're you're truly on an island with this this other human being. You know, this it, your your world revolves around that wide receiver. 
Well, if you're Ed Reed or Earl Thomas, I mean, that would have to be the type of safety Revis would become, too. You don't want him in the box and banging, and, you know, he's not physical enough for that. He would have to be a deep center field type of guy. You have to train your eyes, you know, zone eyes versus man eyes, um, that you have to really see the entire field. You know, that it's a much big, bigger picture view of, you know, not letting the quarterback bait you with his eyes and his shoulders and pump fakes and seeing the whole field and the, all the route, route concepts develop at once. I know players have done it. Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson, a lot of great ones have done it. And maybe he could. But again, I'm not going to pay him a lot of money with a year of bad tape to come play a new position for me, <laughs> you know. Fall has arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Prices valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Savings on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. On this Twitter Thursday, Mark Maynor asked me, is Ricky Williams a Hall of Famer? No. No, I don't think he is. Great player. Um, I mentioned I watched Chuck Knoll's Football Life. That's a recent one. Go back and watch the Ricky Williams one. And, you know, I'm 43. And, you know, you watch these, some of these things, you forget almost how awesome he was. I mean, he was a great, great player. And an unbelievable workhorse, you know, I mean, in, in terms of touches and pounding he took, going back to his Texas days, very interesting human being and, you know, was talking about marijuana and things in a way before his time, you know, now it's common and it's legal in a lot of places and, you know, I mean, it, just his view on things is very interesting and I am a big Will, Ricky Williams fan, he could be my running back any day, Um but is he a Hall of Fame running back? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I look at like Curtis Martin, Jerome Bettis as the, quote, worst Hall of Fame running backs. And those guys went in recently. Would I Do I think Ricky has a better Hall of Fame resume than those guys? No, I don't. Okay, and, and lastly, this has been asked of many of you, actually, and I've been asked this locally a lot, too. Because Eli Manning's coming to town against Ben and the Steelers. And I've been asked, you know, let's talk about that draft class quarterback, Rivers, Eli, Ben. Um, Ben actually was comparing it to the 83 class. And uh, sorry, but that's, you guys aren't that good. You're not Elway, Marino, Kelly, plus like the O'Briens and Easons and those type of guys too. Um, You know, I would take Elway and Marino over anyone from the, Eli Rivers, Ben class, and Kelly starting that conversation too. But I think you look at this conversation two ways. Who's had the best career? Actually, three ways. Who's the best player right now? Ben, then Rivers, then Eli. I feel very strongly about that. You would not change my opinion in any way, shape, or form. And that's not saying Eli's bad. It's not saying, you know, anything. To me, that's a very easy distinction. Secondly, who has who had the best career? Who were the best players? You know, who not stats, not Super Bowls, who were the best player from the second they got drafted until this second right now? And I think that order is still the same. 
Ben, to me, is clearly one. Then Rivers. Then Eli. You know, who would I rather play against? Rivers or Eli? I'd rather play against Eli. I'd rather play against either one of them than Ben. It, it basically, in terms of... Or, I guess a better way of looking at that is... Back to that conversation where you're drafting your franchise forever out of, you know, a dream scenario... I would have picked. I would pick them, knowing now what I know. You know, being if I would knowing now what I know, and you get them from their rookie year for, till now, I would draft them. Ben Rivers, Eli. In terms of who do I want to be my quarterback? The last part of it is, are they Hall of Famers, and who has the best chances to go to the Hall of Fame? And in a way, I love the Hall of Fame, and you and I talk Hall of Fame a lot. But I think that there's some flawed processes to getting in the Hall of Fame. Um, and therefore, I think Ben is a surefire Hall of Famer. He could quit today. He's going. I think Eli has a better chance of getting in the Hall of Fame than Rivers because of the rings. And rings are important. I mean, I know that's why we play the game is to try to win the Super Bowl. I get that. I just think that Rivers is the better player, had the better career. I would pick Rivers, like I said. I mean, if I'm starting a, a team, I take Rivers over Eli. I'm sure there's a lot of Eli fans out there that are losing their mind over this right now. And it's a conversation that goes on every year, anytime these teams, these players play each other, which isn't super often. And I'm a big River, a Eli guy. I mean, it, people, you know, don't look at. Uh, his longevity. I mean, he never misses a game. I mean, his durability. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's super mentally tough, physically tough. Nobody talks about those things. Um, he's very, very good, like his brother, but doesn't get the same accolades, I think, because he's Peyton's little brother, at the line of scrimmage and mentally and all those things. He's phenomenal. And he throws the football really well. He's a great quarterback. And if he goes to the Hall of Fame, I, would, I wouldn't say, wow, he doesn't belong. You know, like, that's a... They screwed up. I don't think that at all, but I think Rivers is more deserving, uh, although I think Eli has a better chance of going. All right, all right. We will discuss tonight's game first thing tomorrow, and we will pick all the games. So take care. Uh, drop me a line on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Be well. Spread the word.